Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Wake and Rake podcast. In my mind, you just wake up and go rake. What happened to Mark? Like, why didn't Mark pan out? Like, I don't think there's one thing. I think there's like a bunch of different little things that all added up to just Mark struggling in pro ball. From my own perspective, it's like, I don't, I don't have any regrets. Like, I, I know I showed up every day and gave the best that I could. Follow at Wake and Rake Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. I'm kind of a big deal. Here's Danny and Will. What up, people? Episode 92, Wake and Rake Podcast, all part of the Believe Network. Danny Vietti, moi, Will Middlebrooks, nah. Middlebrooks is out. He's enjoying some time in the Georgia area up at his the lake house, cabin house. You guys got too many houses for me to count. I'm doing fine in my one, but uh, Willie's having a good time with the fam up there. It's okay. We're going to fill the void with a hell of a guest. I've been looking forward to this for a week and a half, ever since we got it We got it set up here. Uh, how about a former number one overall draft pick back in 2013, labeled by multiple media outlets as the biggest draft bust in Major League Baseball. He didn't give a shit. He made it to the big leagues anyways. Mark Appel is going to be joining the Wake and Rake podcast. Pitched for the Philadelphia Phillies last year after the remarkable comeback story. Again, former number one overall pick. Chris Bryant was chosen behind him, number two in the draft. Appel is actually drafted three different times, which we'll, we'll touch on once we get him on here. But uh, Appel, a guy that has had three different surgeries on his arm, injuries really derailed much of his early career. He actually walked away from baseball after 2018, again, after being the number one overall pick, a six-plus million-dollar signing bonus for Mark Appel. And he walked away completely from baseball for more than two years. All of a sudden, Mark Appel decides, you know what? I miss playing the game. I miss being with the guys. I miss competing. Let's give it one last shot. So Mark Appel in 2021 decides to make a comeback attempt. He signs a minor league contract with the Philadelphia Phillies, tries to resurrect his career, goes into the bullpen, and actually finds himself a role in AAA with the Phillies in 2021 and 2022. And in 2022, to the surprise of everybody, a guy that quit baseball altogether just a few years prior, made it to the big leagues. Finally, 10 years after he had gotten drafted, he got drafted in 2013. He finally made it here uh, in, in 2022. So nearly a decade after getting drafted for the third time, Mark Appel finally made it to the big leagues with the Philadelphia Phillies, had a scoreless outing, picked up a strikeout, and his career ERA is actually sub two because he made a few more appearances after that. So I've been, like I said, I've been looking forward to this interview for a long time. Mark now is is working uh, toward getting back for the 2024 season. He just had another surgery this past April, so uh, on his elbow. So Mark's not giving up again. I mean, his story is as unique as they come. Thank you guys so much for spending another day here with the Wake and Rake podcast, another, another uh, 30, 40 minutes with us as the All-Star break continues. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. 
bring in Mark Appel. Stop waiting around. Huh? Let's get the guy, the main man, the, the main event of the show. Mark Appel joining the Wake and Rake podcast. Mark Appel, more than a decade playing professional baseball. A few more years at Stanford. Hey, Mark, give us an update because I know that you're on a long recovery road back from the elbow surgery that you had. So how's recovery going? How's the 2023 year going for you? What's an update on, on you? How, how's your health? How's your how's life? Man, life is uh, life is pretty good. It's it isn't what I was expecting for 2023. Um, but you know, I I found a way to like find good in just kind of every circumstance I find myself in. Um, just trying to stay positive. Um, so yeah, I had surgery back in April and just kind of on the mend, and it's been kind of a slow pro you know slow process of of rehab and PT and um, you know for anyone who's had a procedure and, you know, it's just like, it keeps you out from kind of the normal rhythms and routines of your life. And so, um, it's like going full steam ahead and in, in spring training and then getting hurt and getting released and moving back home. And I'm like, man, the pace is a lot different right now. Um, so that it's taken a little bit of an adjustment, um, in all honesty, just getting back, you know, um, you know, trying to build up some momentum to try to, uh, yeah, I haven't been cleared to start throwing yet. Um, so like pretty, pretty sure. Um, I don't think there's a chance that I can play this season just cause you know, I got to build up my arm. Um, so I'm looking at, you know, potentially some, some opportunities this winter, um, you know, and hopefully, you know, definitely looking for an opportunity for next spring, um, to try to play in the 24 season. So, you know, that's, that's kind of where I am right now. It's, it feels like there's a lot that's uncertain in my life. You know, I've had, a long go at it. Haven't had a lot of time in the big leagues, you know, I've had, had a lot of surgery. So, you know, I, I, I just be, um, you know, I feel really blessed if I had an opportunity somewhere uh, to try to show up and make a team in spring training. Um, so we'll, we'll see if that happens. Um, but for now I'm, I'm enjoying time with my family and, and, you know, working out and trying to get my body right so that I can, you know, try to go out and, and compete again. The surgery number three. It's yeah, my third on on this whole uh, on the right side, side of my body. Yeah, yeah. So I, I had a um, a shoulder surgery in 2018. I had uh, elbow surgery in 2016. Bone my bone chips, bone spurs, and then this is another elbow surgery, kind of an arthroscopic um, cleanup of the joint. Um, had some soft tissue that's just kind of getting in the way, and you know, it's basically since last August or September. Um, you know, it's been, it's been an issue and I thought we had it figured out going into spring training and I felt really good. And then maybe four weeks into spring training, it's like starting to get worse and worse and worse. And then, so every time out, it's like, all right, I, you know, I, I'm expecting it to get better and it's not. Um, and by, by my last game with, uh, with the Phillies in spring training, you know, my velo was way down. I, I couldn't throw strikes. Um, my elbow was like swollen. And I'm like, I like, even if I want to like try to make this team, I'm not doing it because, you know, it's like, I, I, I had to say something because I'm like, either, you know, either I'm hurt or, you know, if I keep trying to do this, I'm going to get hurt even more. Um, plus, I'm not effective, you know, so it's kind of a lose lose. Um, and so, but yeah, I mean, the, the Phillies have been great. Um, you know, even even after I've gotten released, like, you know, communicating with them with insurance and things like that, uh, making sure that I still got everything I need and um, I'm taken care of here here in Houston. Um, so, yeah, it's it's just a different pace. 
not, haven't been watching a lot of baseball this year. Um, just trying to enjoy time with family because, you know, for, for us that are playing, it's, it's, um, it's hard to come by during the season. So you watch the Derby. I, I watched a, a little bit of it. I watched the last, the last round. Um, yeah, I was actually last night, I was actually kind of meeting with some, some high school and college baseball players on zoom, uh, just trying to, you know, talk to them, help them out. Um, you know, writing has been something that I've gotten into a little bit this year. And, um, you know, the, the internet's a crazy thing. It's like, I can post something and, you know, it can get shared around the world and, you know, who knows who's going to read it. Um, and so like, every time I wrote something, it's like something that I wrote resonated with, you know, a few players and they reached out and like, man, I'm, I'm dealing with injuries. I'm dealing with all of these things. Like, do you have any pointers? To, and like, my heart wants to help, but it's, you know, time is, is our biggest limiter. And so I'm like, man, I, I, there's nothing really that I can do, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, recently I, I have started to try cause I've had more time. I'm like, man, I, I'd love to try to just meet with a few guys, you know, and how, like, I don't know how I'm picking them. I'm just, you know, I'm just like trying to set up, set up, you know, these zoom calls and, and just talk to them. Um, and so, yeah, last night was the kind of the first night that I got to do that, um, which is funny because I didn't even think about the home run derby. I love the home run derby. Like, it's so fun with the new format. Um, and so I, I watched all the highlights and, and saw it was like pretty exciting. So, um, but yeah. Yeah, I love what you're doing, because first of all, you have a story unlike any others. Like you have an unrivaled, unique past of being a former number one overall pick, being traded over to the Phillies spending nearly a decade in the minor leagues, having a couple surgeries coming back. It hasn't been easy, I wouldn't say. Um, but what you've gone through has inspired even players like myself. Like I originally went to uh, Division One College, University of San, San Francisco. I don't know if you know Nino and Giartano and, and those guys over there because I mm -hmm. grew up in the East Bay, but yeah, really, yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed those guys. It's just I pitched like shit. You know, I got a little <laughs> bit of the yips. I wasn't throwing hard. I wasn't throwing strikes. I think a lot of pitchers have been there. And so seeing other people struggle and going through those similar mental battles can kind of help people along. I ended up going to a small NAIA college, which I never in a million years thought I would ever want to do. Had the best time of my life. And so you now having this platform that you have, marketpel.com. Really enjoyed your ecosystem piece, by the way, about the wolves and culture yeah. and what you're able to control and not able to control. You're able to like inspire people, which is regardless of what you have and have not done, that's a platform that really no other player has. Your story, it is unique to yourself. And I find that super inspirational. Yeah, I, I've, I appreciate that. You know, that, yeah, it means a lot. Um, you know, it's, it's weird because it's like sometimes I talk about like my story is if I'm talking about someone else, you know, um, which I, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people feel that way. Like, you know, it's like, I, I remember a conversation I had back in 2021 and, um, you know, one of the guys was, we were just talking mechanics and talking about all these things. And I'm like looking at some video and it's like, well, tell me about like when you were feeling best. I'm like, well, that was like my, maybe my senior year of college, you know, I like was about to be drafted first overall. And, uh, you know, it's like, I pulled up some of those stats and I'm like, yeah, I went this game. I went nine innings, you know, two hits, no runs, 15 strikeouts. This game I went, you know, it's like listing off all of these games. Like, I feel like I'm talking about someone else because I haven't done that in forever, you know, like yeah. this is wild. 
but what I've realized is that, um, that everyone has a story, um, and the power, um, to inspire people is through telling your story. And so like what I've been trying to do is just like figure out how to tell my story in different ways, um, that might resonate with different types of people. Um, I, I think of myself as like a, you know, I, I, I like this, some, some sort of like creative side of me that wants to like, you know, like iron that out, like try to figure that out, develop these skills, um, of writing and storytelling and things like that. And I'm like, well, I, I, you know, I don't have anyone else's story to tell except mine. And maybe in the future, it's like, who knows what this turns into, but I'm like, man, if I can, if I can create, um, like just an authentic, you know, message and, you know, try to attract people that are interested in, in, you know, different stories. And, and I know there's a lot of baseball players that like read my stuff and they'll reach out. And then there's Philly fans, Houston fans, just general people that come across my stuff on Twitter or wh whatever. And they'll like reach out after I, I, you know, send a, send a, a post or anything like that. And like, it, it means a lot because I'm like, who, like, I never imagined that the words that I share might actually mean something to other people, you know? And like, that's super humbling because like, I'm like, if you were to know me and like, if we were to be good friends, like, you know, I'm just like another guy, you know, it's like, I'm just, I'm just Mark. Like I got issues just like everyone else. I'm anxious about a lot of other things, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, you know, like the best way to, you know, live my life and what should I do for work if baseball doesn't work out. And, you know, it's like, I, I got all the, all of these things going on too. It just happens that I was also the first overall pick. And I've been trying to play baseball for a long time. And I made my debut last year after, you know, nine years, nine plus years and three, three and a half years of not playing baseball and injuries and all of this stuff. And so it's like, you know, the, the peripherals are the ones that like, are the, like the things, the, you know, the highlight um, points of my story are the things that bring people in. They're like, whoa, that's unique. That's interesting. And then hopefully like how I express myself and the authenticity that I share with is what hopefully keeps people staying around, um, to read my writing. Um, and, and the goal, like, I don't have, I'm like, I'm not trying to, you know, like if I could turn this into a career after baseball, it's like, maybe that'd be really cool. You know, I don't, I don't know what that looks like, but just my, my, my desire is just to, to help people or, or, and I, I think the best way to do that is just through storytelling and through sharing our experiences. Um, you know, a lot of people think like with the reformations, like it's all education, it's how you think, it's all this stuff. Um, but I'm like, man, I'm I'm actually changed most. I was talking to one of these kids yesterday, and I was like, there's you know, there's just people in our lives that you spend time with, and you're like, whatever they have, like whatever they they have something that I kind of want, and it's hard, like I can't really ask them about it because it seems like it permeates their entire life, you know. And so I'm like. I actually just want to spend time with them, you know, and, um, and maybe whatever that is, like, will rub off on me. You know, it's like the whole, like, you are who you, who your friends are and like, choose your friends wisely, all that stuff. And so I'm like, I, like, I think, I think that we grow most in relationship and in community. Um, and so that, like, that's what I'm trying to do here. It's like, I mean, I can't, I don't have the time to spend time with a lot of people, but if I can try to communicate who I am and what I'm about and my story with other people through my writing. It's like, that seems like a pretty, you know, pretty good thing to try to, to try to do. So that's, yeah, that's kind of where, where it all started and who knows where it'll go.
surround yourself with good people, right? Like my pops started telling me that when I was five years old, surround yourself with good people, you'll wound up in pretty good situations pretty much. But yeah, okay, yeah. that that leads me to kind of my next question though, like surrounding yourself with good people, surrounding yourself with the right situations. How the hell did you get back to playing baseball? You took, was it two or three years off? Why? Yeah. Like, like for what reason? I know you, you mentioned in another article by Bleacher Report, you were talking about the love of the game. Was there anyone that like inspired you or was it more so just internal drive? Like I got to prove it to myself. I have to prove it um, to the haters, if you will. Like, like what was it that drove you back to the game? Yeah, man, it, it's, that's a great question. Um, so like I, I grew up, um, you know, playing little league baseball, probably just like most people. And I'm like, there, there was just like a purity of the game. Like when you're a kid that you just fall in love with it. You're like, I love it because it's fun. I love it because I'm with my friends. I love it because I get to be outside. I get to, you know, I get to play a game. I get to try to compete all of these things that like draw us in to play this game. And then uh, somewhere along the lines, it becomes this thing that it's like, well, man, I got to get, I got to get a college scholarship. And then I got to, you know, I'm looking at pro ball and now it's a business and, you know, it's like, there's expectations. Everyone's got an opinion about who I should be and how I should play and what I should do and all of this stuff. Like and transactional. Like all, yeah, exactly. And so all of these things start kind of weighing you down and like, I didn't realize how much some of those things were weighing me down, you know, especially after I was drafted, like, you know, there's just a lot of pressure being kind of that guy. Right. And, you know, the draft happened, what, two days ago. And so it's like, like some of these guys are, are now going into pro ball and like, it feels like the spotlight is big and bright on them right now. Um, and it might feel like that for most of their career. Um, but like at the end of the day, it's like, what, what, what is their why, you know, what is your why is like why you're doing what you're doing. Like, is it just for money? Well, if it's for money, it's like, well, either you're going to get all the money that you want and you're going to end up having a decent career and you might not be satisfied with any of your relationships that you have because you've been chasing the bag your whole life. You know, if it's for fame, you know, it might be the same thing at one, at some time, even if you have the best career, like, your career will be over and people will forget about you. Like, that's just how it goes, you know? Um, in a hundred years, 200 years, I mean, like, all right, we talk about Babe Ruth, right? It's like, that's one guy. It's like, you can mention all the Hall of Famers from Babe Ruth's era. It's like, I don't even know most of them, you know? <laughs> it's just like, because no one really talks, like you you just forget about it, you know? And and so it's like, what what's your why in playing and for me, what I realized was that, man, like my why kind of got off. I, like I'm a people pleaser by nature. And so it's like, I wanted to do things that made people happy. Like whether it was my coaches, my teammates, and when I got drafted, then it's like everyone had an opinion. I couldn't cater to all, all people all at the same time. And it was just overwhelming. Plus I had my own issues that I was trying to deal with too, that no one else was involved with. And so um, that time away from the game got me back to this place of, of just like remembering why I loved baseball in the first place. And then make, just making a decision like, Hey, if I play this game again, I'm going to be playing it for that reason, you know? And, and one of the big reasons for me is just the relationships. Like I'm, I'm a people person. I love being around people. I love meeting people. I love developing relationships with people. Um, 
And there's no more diverse place to make friends than in a baseball locker room. It's like yeah. the people that you meet, it's like, we, we have one common goal, but beyond that, it's like our lives are wildly different, but we can bond over this common thing. And then we get to know who we are away from the field and like, Hey, tell me about your family. Tell me about your upbringing. Like, I'll, like that stuff excites me, you know? And, and so I was like, man, if I could, um, if I could figure out how to play this game again and be healthy, you know, um, then, then I would love to do that. I think another thing for me was just getting to play, getting to compete. I had, I didn't feel like I had been able to do that for so long without this anxiety of feeling like, man, I'm hurt. Like things don't feel right. I need surgery. I have surgery. I come back. Things still don't feel right. You know, it's like one thing after another. I'm like, like, what would it be like just to play the game for the fun of it, for the love of it? getting to just like compete, even if I suck, you know, but not having the anxiety of like, am I enough? Am I doing enough? Am I working hard enough? Like, will my shoulder or my elbow be able to like withstand the, the, you know, the strains of a season. And so like all of those things were kind of like this internal, like, this is kind of what I want. But then I have like, I have no idea if that's even possible, but right now it's worth trying. And so let me, let me see if I can do that. And I mean, I was even thinking this morning and like, I mean, I was filled with so much doubt in that time. It's like, it, like, am I even, this is stupid. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm spending two and a half, three years rehabbing on my own out of my own pocket just to try to play this game. And it's like, I don't even know if anyone still wants me, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, this is, you know, but I, I, I wasn't doing it for other people. I was doing it because I wanted to, and I loved it. And, and I wanted to be back in the clubhouse and get to put a Jersey on again and, and get a step on the mound and like have a, someone in the box, you know, and, and compete. It's like just the, I missed that feeling a whole lot. Um, and so like the last two years were honestly incredible that I, I, I got to do that. I got to do that again. And, and then I got to do it at the highest level, which I never, I never, honestly, I never imagined that would actually happen when I started the comeback, you know? You didn't think um, you'd make it back, huh? Well, I mean, I had never made it to the big leagues in the first place. And so right. I'm like, what, like, what logic, what world of logic can I have that says, oh yeah, you know, if I take like three years off and then like come back, it's like, yeah, I think there's a good chance I can make it to the big league <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> as, a, as a career five ERA minor league pitcher. It's like, uh, like, no, you know? And so yeah, like what happened last year was was just like, I mean, it was really special, but it was also really surprising. Um, and I, I tell people that I'm like, they're like, man, you must have just had so much confidence in yourself and so much belief. I'm like, actually, not really. It's like, I, I kind of surprised myself a little bit, you know, <laughs> um, but I, I got to enjoy every minute of it. And I think that was that was like the most special thing for me um, was just that, man, I got to experience probably more joy in a couple months in the big leagues and even in the months leading up to that than than I might have if everything worked out according to my plan because I had put so much pressure on myself early in my career you know you almost got a ring it's that close well hey we won the national league so they, yeah they still gave us a ring but no no world series ring and here I am in Houston you know my my the, the team that drafted me in my hometown and the team that beat us in the World Series. <laughs> so everywhere I go, I see Astros hats and Astros. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, if only people knew, you know. Dude, you you got to be careful. Those Philly fans, they can be a bit relentless. Oh, yeah. Well, 
the the funny thing is, and I said I I haven't told this story too many times, is that I have a friend at my church here in Houston, and he's from Philadelphia, and he's a huge Phillies fan, and he's classic Phillies fan, like every like every stereotype of a Phillies fan, <laughs> like this is that guy. And we became friends when I wasn't playing baseball in those years where I was I was out of the game, and so um, so there'd be times like as I was coming back, and once I was. I was back in AAA and then got called up and he would like text me. And by then I had, I felt like I was, I had a playbook on how the Philly fans work, you know? <laughs> I'm like, Oh, this is, this is great. Like most of them are just incredibly kind people. They're very passionate. Um, but like, if you call them out on their, like, you know, on their foolishness, they actually respect that, you know, and they, they would actually appreciate, like they, they like being like pushed back on. Um, and then they love, I think they just love people that are like willing to admit their faults, be honest, be vulnerable, um, and work hard. And like, that's what I got to do. It's like, you know, just coming out in front of them, just like, Hey, I, 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 I was really good and I came out with really high expectation and I sucked. Like I failed. Yeah. I'm a bust. Who cares? But I'm still here and I'm still doing it, you know? And like that, that kind of feels like, like the ethic of Philadelphia, you know, they're like, Hey, we don't care what's happened in the past. Like we're still showing up. We're still doing it. Um, and so like, I don't know. I feel like I, I got along really well with Philly fans. So um, it, was, it was good. Did you talk with Reese a little bit about that at all? Cause Reese also from Sacramento, which is where I live. And uh, we yeah. had him on the podcast. I think it was like a year and a half ago. And we were just chatting it up about like the difference between fan bases in California and the West coast in general, and then fan bases in Philadelphia. And Reese was like, I, he was basically like, I, I love it here. Like it's, it's no offense to the California fan bases, but it's just like a little bit more relaxed. Whereas like Philadelphia fan bases, East coast fan, Boston, New York. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure, but there is nothing more prideful than like sh showing out for those fans. Because when you do have success, you get built up just as much as you get built or, or broken back down when, when you fail. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I know our, our, the Phillies PR team would use the Alec Bohm situation last year yeah. where, you know, he's like, he made, he makes three errors in a game and he, you can see him mouthing on TV. Like it's close up of his face. And he's like, I have hate this place, you know, because they're booing him. They're booing him on every single, every single at bat, every single throw, all this stuff, you know, and the sarcastic cheers when he finally makes a play, all that stuff. And after the game, of course, the media is like, Alec, hey, what do you mean by this? Like the fans want to know. And he goes like, did I say it? Yes. Did I mean it? No. I've been working hard. I'm frustrated. I feel like I'm not doing my job, but like, I'm still working. I'm still trying. Like I'm, you know, do this. And then the very next day he gets in that bat and it's like standing ovation. And it wasn't sarcastic. It's like, this is our guy. Like we love you, you know? And that's, that's like a perfect way to deal with fans in Philadelphia. Like they're going to let you know their displeasure, but if you're humble and honest about it, they're also going to support you knowing like, as long as they know that you care, then like they're going to care about you. Um, and I think that's, that's one of the key differences is like, it's like rooted in their, it's like in their blood. It's part of their identity. It's like their heritage, um, you know, and, and I think that's true a lot on the East coast and, you know, there's, there's fans in every fan base that, that feels that way, but like by and large, it's like, you know, Philadelphia's it's on a different level. 
have you ever done the whole like hypothetical what ifs like what if you weren't the number one pick what if you had so you got drafted three different times for people yeah. that know, which is outrageous like that that's even just goes more into your story drafted three times like what if you had taken the pirates offer the year prior at, at number eight overall or it was the tigers in the 15th round out of was it out of high school i believe yeah yeah out of high school yeah have you ever done like the what ifs like or or even like when you actually accepted the offer from houston what if the astros had taken chris bryant who went number two what if the astros yeah. went chris bryant number one and you went two to the cubs or maybe you you, you fell even <laughs> have you ever done the like what ifs yeah yeah um you know it, it's it's funny to to play the hypothetical game just because you're like oh that you know that seems like it could have really changed you know a lot of things you know it's like who knows it's like maybe if the ashes take bryant and cubs take me it's like maybe cubs don't win a world series you know yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm, or I'm maybe they kidding. do love, maybe maybe they get another arm they in the pin, yeah you know? yeah that's right um you know but yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to say because it's like, obviously I had a great 2013 at Stanford. And so it's like, who knows, maybe if I go at, with Pittsburgh and I pitch that well, because um, really in 2014, that's when a lot of my injuries like started to like, I started to feel things. And it wasn't until 2016 that I had surgery, but it's like, I was battling through stuff. And so I'm like, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hard for me to like, go back in time and like, you know, put my finger on exactly what was the, what was the thing you know, if everyone's like, what, what happened to Mark? Like, why didn't Mark pan out? It's like, I don't think there's one thing. I think there's like a bunch of different little things that all added up to just Mark struggling in pro ball. Um, and, and so, but yeah, it's, it's funny because, you know, that 20, that 2012 draft was really interesting. Um, you know, and, and obviously it's like, I ended up, you know, it, like in 2012, it was, you know, basically the Astros were choosing between me and Carlos Correa mm -hmm. and, um, and they picked Carlos and because they, he signed for under slot, they also signed like Lance McCullers, you know, and I've talked to Lance because he was with the Astros. And then the next year I was there. And so like, I got to know these guys. And so Lance was telling me his draft story and he's like, Oh yeah, you know, I was supposed to go like to the A's. And then when Carlos signed, I got a call saying like, I'm going to get more money from the Astros at 41 than I will with from the A's at 12. So it's like, yeah, I'm going to do that, you know? And so I'm like, just that decision that the Astros made and just how every, all the dominoes fell in a totally different way than, you know, maybe what everyone was expecting. And then that had dominoes that would fall in 2013 and so on and so forth. And so you, I mean, this is true going all the way back. Like, you know the butterfly effect or whatever yeah but um but yeah it's 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 super it's super interesting to to think about um but from like from my own perspective it's like i don't, I don't have any regrets like I, I know i showed up every day and gave the best that i could kind of with whatever i had that day um and there are a lot of days where i didn't have a whole lot to give um whether it's just bad physical health like man my my arm's all jacked up and i'm trying right now um, or, or just like, man, I'm, I'm emotionally and spiritually drained. Like I have, I, I'm depressed. I have nothing to bring to the field today other than just like, I can show up and, um, and that's a tough place to be because there's a lot of shame that, that can set in when you, when you're going through like a really rough season where like, man, I, I should be working hard and I'm trying to do all this stuff and I'm giving a best effort. Like you know, it's like, I think anyone who's been depressed 
goes through a day. It's like, I didn't do anything, but I feel exhausted by the end of the day, you know? And, and you're like, yeah, you know, I, I, I used to not really understand that. And I understand it a whole lot now. Um, and so, you know, everyone's got something going on. Um, but, check uh, on your people always check on your people. hundred percent, hundred percent. Like you never know what someone's going through. Um, so we all need a little bit more love in this world for sure. So I lived in Fresno for a year and a half because my wife, uh, she had to accept the job. I say had to because nobody actually chooses to live in Fresno, California. <laughs> it's just like out of obligation. Uh, mm-hmm. So how, how, I know you hated Lancaster, California. That's not a good place. How did you like Fresno, California? Fresno Fresno was all right. I mean, we won a AAA national championship. So it's like, it's always more fun when you're winning. Um, you know, and I was pitching pretty well at that time. Um so yeah, I mean that team was was really good too. So um yeah, but I I mean I lived up I think I lived up in Folsom. So or no, not Folsom. Um what's in what's uh, the town just north? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh I can't remember. It's been a minute for me. Folsom is like up by where you are. Sacramento, I was gonna say that's a yeah, hell yeah, of a yeah. commute, Mark. <laughs> no, 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 definitely not. Um what was it? We lived up near like Woodward Park area. That's where we were at. Okay. I was, oh, Clovis. Clovis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, good. that's, that's a good area. Of, yeah, it's not bad. I mean, it's got, got food, grocery stores, all that stuff. So, um, no, I mean, I was only there for a couple months. So, okay. It's, it's hard to tell. Yeah. Fair enough. But it was hot. It was really hot. hot and stuff. yeah. I mean, the, the ballpark there was massive too. Um, took Chansey Park and, like 15 20,000 people it's like we got like maybe three or four thousand a night and yeah. like that was a really good crowd and then they did like a taco truck taco tuesday and um you know it's like we had a game and it's like taco trucks and there's like twenty five thousand people there and we're like what the heck this makes no sense we can't get anyone to show up on a friday or saturday when they do fireworks <laughs> but you put taco trucks up in the concourse and literally the entire central valley shows up it's crazy yeah. The food is surprisingly so. decent there because uh, like yeah. you, it, like we were expecting terrible sushi. We ended up finding a really solid sushi uh, spot. Food trucks are everywhere down there. Everywhere. Food, truck, everywhere. food trucks are like, that's like the best quality food you can get there too. Like if you're looking to take your girl out for your anniversary, yeah. don't take her to a five-star restaurant. You take her to a taco truck. You take her to <laughs> a Mediter- Mediterranean truck or something. Like that's just the way it goes in Fresno. That's right. It's It's authentic food. You know, you're getting the highest quality stuff. And it's coming sloppy and delicious. It's great. Yeah. Okay. Take me inside the negotiations with Philly when you re-signed with them. There had to have been some questions on both ends, right? Because you had previously gotten released by Philly two years, three years prior. So how did that come to fruition? Yeah. So so actually, uh, so you're talking back in 2021 when I came back. Right. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So when I, you know, it's funny that Bleacher Report article that came out, um, it was written by um, June Lee, who he, he, he was actually part of the ESPN layoffs, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, he, he's a really talented writer. And I met him back in 2013 after I signed and he was just a journalist student, journalism student. And, um, and, you know, I met him, I like really connected with him. And so he reached out to me and he's like, hey, um, I have this idea for 2018 spring training. It's like, 
like, obviously you haven't had the career that you hoped, but you still have faith in God. And so it's like, everyone talks about, it's like, oh, this is how faith in God helps me play better. You know, it's like, that, like those are the easy stories to write. He's like, I want to write a story about like, how has your faith in God affected you and helped you when you haven't been playing well? And like, where is your faith and all that stuff? And so I was like, yeah, I'm interested, except I'm not going to be at spring training. Like I had already made my decision by then. And he goes, oh, let me, uh, let me talk to my editor. And so he, uh, he reaches back out and he's like, all right, like I'm, I got approved. I'm going to fly down to Houston and write a story about this. Like th this kind of a big deal. Um, like, are you okay with that? I was like, yeah, that's great. You know? And I, I just said, is I want to, I want to call the Phillies before it's published because I don't want them to find out, you know, cause I didn't talk to them, uh, yet, but I had made the decision, um, just like amongst me and my family. Um, and so I wanted to give it a couple of weeks just to make sure it was like legitimate. And it, it was, um, and so once the, once the article was written, I, I called the Phillies and, um, talked to the GM and, and he's like, Hey, I mean, he wasn't, I, I, I think he was a little surprised, but he wasn't like shocked. He's like, Hey, I get it. Like we've been around you. We know how things have gone for you. And, um, we just want to see you like healthy as a person, you know? So like what we're going to do is we're going to put you on the restricted list and, you know, so I'm like, okay, like, I don't really know what that means. So I called my agent and I'm like, Hey, wh what is this restricted list? And he goes, well, most of the time teams will put guys on it that are going through like off the field issues. Um, usually it's like drug or alcohol related and they put them on the list and it basically hits the pause button on your contract, on your time, service time, all of that stuff. So it just hits the pause button. You're like, and what it means is that I'm restricted to sign with any other team unless the Phillies release me. So they basically maintain my rights and hit the pause button on like my minor league contract. So when I came back in 2021, the Phillies were the only team I could sign with. Gotcha. And so it's, it's actually pretty interesting because they were like, Hey, we don't know exactly what the future holds, but we still want you to be a part of our organization if you ever want to play again, That's which awesome. like it, it meant a lot, you know, it meant a lot. And, and by then, you know, the, the front office had changed a little bit. And so I re reconnected with the powers, you know, that be, and, and just kind of explained where I was and wanted to make sure that all the paperwork with MLB could be done by the time, you know, the, the, the first game of the season of the 2021 season was, had started so that I'd be eligible to play, you know, and so they got me back in the lines of communication and I showed up to spring training, you know, and, and that was, that was the first spring training after COVID for minor league baseball. Yeah. And so what they did, they, they had the, the major league season, uh, spring training, and then they started the major league season and then minor league camp showed up. So like there wasn't an overlap. Um, so it really wasn't until 2022 when I got to see a lot of these other guys that I had played with, you know, coming through the Philly system, like Aaron Nola and Zach Eflin and Reese and, you know, a lot of these other guys. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was kind of, it was kind of wild, but, uh, but man, it was, it was a really, it, yeah, it was, it was just a really, really good experience. Like every, like I have nothing but wonderful things to say about the Phillies organization. Um, and like, I, I honestly feel really lucky that I got to be a part of, you know, what they're doing. And, and especially last year is like such a special season for so many guys. So, yeah. They had a whole front office change too, from the first time that you were with them. And then when you came back yeah. in 2021, like you have a whole new regime. So that, that kind of adds on to the point of like, 
these guys still believed in you and still had faith that, that you could make it back, which is pretty cool. It's funny how the narrative changes from this guy's a bust. This guy will never make it. This guy's a, a chump. This guy sucks to the entire country was literally rooting for you <laughs> last year. It's funny. I, I don't, I don't get it. I, I think, I think, you know, who knows, who knows like why or how that happened, but you know, other than like, I've just been willing to share my story authentically and like, not, you know, I don't shy away from like the hard times of my life, you know? Um, it's like, it is like what, what has happened has happened. Like I can't change that. All I can do is like learn from it and grow from it and try to be better. You know, I think, I think that applies to literally everything that we go through. That's kind of hard or like uncomfortable or whatever. Um, and that's just kind of how I live my life. So I'm like, all right. And even now I'm like in the middle of this season of, all right, I don't know what the future looks like. I'm, I'm almost 32 years old. I've had six appearances in the big leagues. I've had four surgeries. You know, I have no idea if I even have any more value to any organization out there. You know, it's like, do I, do I keep playing or do I, you know, maybe think about not like just being like, man, I, I've had a wonderful career. You know, I don't think anyone on paper would say that, but, but in my heart, like, I know I've had a wonderful career, met incredible people, gotten to experience things that people would give the right arm to experience, you know? And, you know, like if, if it were all over, I have a lot of peace with that. So I'm just trying to, you know, I'm, I'm in the season trying to figure, figure all of that out right now. Final question for you. as we kind of wrap things up here. Yeah. Has any, has any former high draft picks reached out to you and just been like, Hey, cause I know you're talking with high schoolers you're talking with college players they're asking you for yeah. advice is there any has, has there been any uh formerly high prospects be like hey mark how do i deal with what's about to happen to me um no I, honestly there ha there haven't been um i'm more than happy to talk to guys but i'm not gonna try to like knock on doors and be like hey you need to yeah. you know it's like i get it too because it's like when you're man when you get drafted, like you feel like you're on the top of the world. You feel like you got the whole world figured out, you know? And I think it takes a, another level of maturity and uh, maturity that honestly, like no one would expect an 18 or 21 year old older to have, to be able to go like, all right, uh, you know, I want to, I want to try to just do this well. Um, and if there's any like, you know, pitfalls or traps that I might fall into because of just the the pressure and the magnitude and all of this. Um, like I want to try to avoid those things. And like, you know, there's probably a lot of guys out there that, you know, were able to avoid those things and, and have had good careers. It's just like mine, my struggles have seemed to be a little bit more public and I'm okay with that, you know? And, and if I can use that to help someone else out, it's like, that's, I mean, that's the silver lining and everything. It's like, man, I, I, like, I actually have a story that actually might help someone not in just like this, you know, oh yeah, yeah. Like I heard about this one time. It's like, no, I like, like maybe actually get to change the course of some kid's life because they're going through something and baseball has been their entire world and they don't know who they are without baseball. And I'm like, Hey, like you're so much more than baseball. And maybe that's what someone needs to hear. Right. It's not the comfortable thing to hear because at the end of the day, it's like, if you're in the game, like you want to be the best that you can be. And you want to be the best that has ever been. It's just like the thing that drives us to, to compete, to play. Um, but like you live that way and you either get everything that you want 
and you end up your life, you know, having baseball become your full identity. Um, and you ultimately, what I think you'll, you'll just end up dissatisfied once baseball ends, or you do something a little different where you're like, I'm actually someone totally different than baseball. And this is just what happened. This, I just happened to play baseball and this is my job. This is my career. And I love it, but I don't want it to define like me, like on a, on a, you know, personal, like on a soul level, you know? And, um, and I, I think I've, I had lived in that place where, you know, it, it did define me maybe not fully, but to, to a, a way, way more weightier degree than, than it should have. Um, and I've learned how to, how to like, you know, throw that off, you know, like this isn't my identity, you know, it's like, I, I know who I am and, and, um, like I'm, I'm, I'm so much more than just like whatever happened to me in baseball. Um, and some guys really need to hear that because, um, like baseball stuff and it's not forgiving and it'll chew you up and spit you out. And if you let, if you let it destroy your relationships, if you let it destroy your family, if you let it, if you start serving this God of baseball, like it's not gonna, it's not gonna serve you back, you know, it's not gonna help you. And so, um, yeah, I mean, that's, it's like a really humbling thing to be able to like communicate that in a way that people actually listen to and understand. And like, man, that's, it's like, cool. Maybe it's not how I planned my career going. It's like, I would love to, you know, have a career like a Garrett Cole or, or someone else, um, you know, and, and, you know, Garrett's a great guy. It's like, I don't think he's one of those guys that's like baseball is everything to him. Right. Yeah. Um, but, um, it's just my story has just been a little bit rockier and, and had more ups and downs and twists and turns and people, people are drawn to that a little bit. So, so we've only been on here for like, I don't know, 35 minutes. And I've already lied to you twice because number one, I said, this was going to take about 15, 20 minutes. We're already <laughs> gone 35. And then secondly, on the last question I had, I said, last question. So this really, really <laughs> is my final question here. Cause I know you got shit to do. Okay worst fan interaction that you had that you can remember from like the minor leagues because you know those guys that are 10 beers deep sitting in left field in the bullpen have zero filter whatsoever can oh, you yeah. remember anything specific that just really rattled you at the time oh man um the, i mean the worst one for me has always been online um like on twitter so it's like yeah there's there's guys that get drunk and they start yelling and chirping and all that. It's like, you, you hear that every now and then it's like the, the ones that were like, like the worst for me were, was like after I got drafted by the pirates in 2012 and then I decided to go back to school. It's like, there are some like keyboard warriors in Pittsburgh that, you know, and, and at like 20, I'm like trying to make a big decision that affects the rest of my life, you know, and I make this decision and I'm, happy with the decision and confident in it and I, it's not that i'm not i wasn't excited about getting drafted or any of that it's just like i made the decision that i thought was best for me and my family um and obviously like fans feel like you've you have you know spurned our team and because you have spurned our team and i ad identify so deeply with our team you have spurned me and i am deeply offended by like the action of a 20 year old college kid who like 
you know, has never met him. Right. And so it's like, people would just be like threatening my family and wishing the worst harm on me and my family and all of these things. And I'm like, like, there's a line where I'm like, all right, you can have some like fun banter and, and make like, make fun of me. Like, I don't care. It's like, if I suck, I suck. You can tell me that. But it's like, when you start crossing the line, um, yeah. And it gets personal. It's like, Oh, I, I just, I wasn't prepared for that too. I was like, I was, maybe, maybe a little naive about how crazy the world is. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, that, that one was, that one was pretty hard. Ignorance is bliss, my friend. Ignorance, Ignorance is bliss. You know, just put them on. Like, I love the mute, uh, function. It's like, you can just put people on mute. It's like, whatever you say, I can't even see it. You know, <laughs> some people like take pride in being blocked, which is the weirdest flex yeah. of all time. So weird. It's like, what, like, you're saying you're saying that you are so happy that you said things so vulgar that someone just didn't want to deal with your you know deal with you anymore i'm like it's it's i don't know maybe there's like a study in psychology that we could do just to like understand these people i don't want to try i don't want to try to understand twitter trolls man that would take that would take years it it would yeah um so anyways but but yeah it's well, part of the part of it is like I know I can ramble sometimes, and so it's like he said, "Hey, fifteen minutes," and you're asking me these great questions. Like, well, <laughs> there's so much nuance, and yeah, like I have to give so much context. So, yeah. Um, but man, I, I really enjoyed being on. Yeah, I, I appreciate you coming on, man. Your story, like I said, has inspired me. Please do head over to marketpel.com to our listeners. It's it's fascinating stuff. The stuff that you've gone through, the mental battles, the physical battles unlike any other. So we can't thank you enough for joining us here on the yeah. pod, Mark. Just stay healthy, man. Come back. I'm really looking forward to seeing you back on the mound again and competing, Don't no matter where it is, you know. Um, so it, it is great to meet it. you. Great to, great to pick your brain a little bit. And, uh, you know, if I don't, if you, if, if you haven't, or if I haven't uh, lost your complete trust in me yet, maybe we'll have you on <laughs> at, at, at a later time, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to get Will on here too and, yeah, and jam on some stuff. <laughs> but yeah it's great meeting you Danny thanks thanks for having me on man